and welcome back to the Making a Difference for Us podcast. I'm your host, Margo, and I'm joined by Christine, Jim, Kevin, and Edwin. Today, we will be discussing the role of judges. I'd like to start with Jim to hear his thoughts on the following questions. How does defining the role of judges drive the politics of judicial appointments and confirmations? Should there be any limits on what government can and cannot do? And should laws be updated as time goes on to accommodate for changes in our society? Sure thing, Margo. Thank you. The role of judges. So let's start off with the three branches of government. Judges represent the judicial branch, the other two branches being the executive and the legislative. And so uh, each branch has its defined role. And I think what's important with judges these days is getting back to those defined roles. The legislature makes the laws, the executive administers the laws, the judicial interprets and upholds the laws. And the important thing with judges is they do not make laws or they should not, because I say they do not, they do, unfortunately. All too often today we have judges uh, legislating from the bench and a lot of people cheer that because they get their own policy initiatives forced down people's throats rather than having to convince people and get uh, supporters uh, voted into the legislature to get those laws instituted and passed through the executive. The important thing with legislatures and executive is their elected roles. All too often judges are not elected. And so the critical thing about um, judges usurping the role of those other two branches is you, in a lot of times can't get rid of them. Some judges are elected, but especially at the higher levels, federal judges in the Supreme Court, they're not, and oftentimes have lifetime tenure. And so we talk about the limits of what government can do. There are absolutely limits to what government can do, and they're right there in our founding documents. Again, there too often we've gotten well beyond those defined roles, and I think it's also important we start working back toward that. Uh, There are ways to get those founding documents updated. And uh, when it comes to, for example, our constitution, you can amend it. Um, And again, what we see all too often, and it's on both sides of the political aisle, is judges who have a political axe to grind. Um, Again, what I call legislating from the bench. And so what I think is the key that we've got to approach Um, And I think that we've got to agree across all uh, areas of politics is that the role of judges is defined and it is uh, constrained. And I think for our democracy to work properly, we need to get back to that, uh, that role that judges do importantly play. Thank you, Jim, for that. And Kevin, if you want to go ahead and give us your thoughts on the three presented questions. What I find that's very important as we move forward with this is that I want to kind of look at what George Washington, he wrote a quote to Madison. It says, freedom and freedom and the wisdom is a good example are necessary at a time to rescue the political machine from the impeding storm. And to me, that was kind of deep because we sort of look at the wisdom and good examples. As Jim pointed out, is that he gave great examples and looked at those premises, what the role of the judge is. And the judge is really, you know, when you're talking about the definition of judge's role is to be impartial, fair, and unbiased. 
and follow the laws of the state, what he's in, or as the United States Constitution and what the Constitution states within that point. So judges are sort of a mediator. He sits down there and listens to what the laws are and says, if there, does that impede on what we look at as being necessarily to have everyone's right to be the rights and liberties of individuals? So in today's thing, it's becoming so polarized that the judges are now, like Jim mentioned, is, is pointing to the fact of their biased opinion versus what the law states. But as we're looking at that, I think the judge needs to be sure of what he's adhered to and what his responsibilities onto the bench. Shouldn't be his own personal biases, but when we're looking at it, we're looking at either con conservative or a liberal judge. And as we look at that, so it's kind of hard to break those unconscious biases on what the judge can and cannot do. So I'm looking at the fundamental role is to ensure rights and liberties for all. But that's the quagmire piece, I think, because it's their interpretations of what the law says and what the judge do. Because if you're in a conservative area, you want a conservative judge that aligns with your values. So when the law comes up, does it ask that question, the rights and liberties of individuals? So once you get that one side is that's what the, the piece is. You're looking at that group of individuals and their mindset. So there's a lot of pieces to that. And it's hard. I wouldn't, couldn't imagine being a judge in today's time. So when we're looking back at it, the food for thought is that here's a part of how long should that be limited to the government? In the Constitution, it, it talks about, it states that judges in the Supreme Courts, uh, federal circuit and district judges hold their office during good behavior. And that good behavior turns out to be in a lifetime of appointment show. So to me, I think there should be term limits, not based on that person's good behavior, because to once again, that becomes a moral compass on who defines what is good behavior behind the bench. So I think as we're moving forward to that piece, we have to look back at it, that just as much as law, judges and everything, we evolve. If we sat back there and said what we did in 1700s when it was written, we would still be pushing horse and buggies at this point in time. So that's my points on judges. Thank you, Kevin. And Edwin, if you want to go ahead and give your opinion on the three presented questions. Yeah, so to kind of pile on to Jim's comments and his, uh, his opinion and his fact-based uh, statements, I was, you know, I'm from the Republican side of the House. You know, you think about the role of judges. For me, a judge is supposed to uphold conservative traditional laws and truth without waiver. So, when you look at the Constitution, it's, you know, let's let's uphold the Constitution without waiver. So it's either right or it's wrong. And I think what's happened is we have become so deluded and somewhat delusional over uh, the gray areas of right and wrong. But the reality is, I think that I think if you look at it, there's there's a right way, a wrong way. And I think when you uphold the roles of a judge, and that is to uphold the conservative traditional of uh, traditional laws without waiver. I think I think we really have to examine that because I think now we're we're starting to waver, and I think it's changing a lot of people's opinions about the the role of a judge. I think uh, you know one of the most recent things, like uh, you, you look at the, the voter fraud recently with Trump and they took it to the Supreme Court and the judge shot it down because there was, you know, it's either right or it's wrong. And he, there was no, there's no justification for bringing that in front of the Supreme Court. And again, you look at that and that's like, let's hold, let's uphold 
uh, traditional law, and those traditional laws said nothing was wrong with the way the, uh, the, the, the votes were counted. And, I mean, even if we don't agree with it, how it turned out, we have to agree with things being unbiased and a factual law being a law. So I think we have to uh, respect the fact that our traditional laws that were, set, that were set by the Constitution, that's what the judges are there to do. At the federal level, at the state level, then that's a whole different story. And at the state level, I think we, we, uh, you know, the, the, the role of a judge there, the role of a judge there would be to make sure at the state level that, um, you know, states represent the people that live in the state. So what laws are effective other places doesn't affect laws in the place you live in as long as you let the state local government handle that. So when you take the judges and put them in that situation, I think we have uh, um, empowerment by the state legislation versus um, uh, the, the federal judicial system. I think, uh, should we have limits? Sure. There's limits on everything we do. And if we don't adhere to those limits, then we get everything out of control and out of balance. And so we've got to make sure that we are checking ourselves and understanding what the what the federal law, what the federal judges can be involved in and what the state judges can be involved in. So I think there's so much to lose around all that. I, I think, uh, again, what Kevin was saying and what Jim was saying, there's been too much, in my opinion, there's been too much delusion and too much delusion about like what's taking place at the federal level and what's taking place at the state level regarding judges. Thanks, Margo. Thanks, fellas. Um, I too believe that the, the role of the judge is to interpret the law. Um, and when, when I was hearing Edwin talk about um, the conservative, holding up the conservative laws, the traditional conservative laws, and what that made me think of is about how I think that the, and Jim too, um, and, and Kevin, that the constitution is there and changes can be made with an amendment. And I think that seeing how laws have already, the amendments have been created that it shows that there should be an openness to change and to reference about the foundation of how the constitution was developed um, and trying to bring those into the present time. I don't think that everything is going to adhere perfectly. Um, it's meant to evolve. We are meant to evolve. And I think that no, the judges are not there to make the law, um, make the laws, however, I don't think that the original constitution is what we should be basing um, the laws that we have on um, and how they are interpreted. I also think that um, when I think about limits, of course, there should be lim limits on murder, stealing, violence, uh, damaging property. Um, yeah, there should be federal limits put on things and state limits. Um, Should the laws be updated? Absolutely. Uh, we've seen that they've been updated. Women's right to vote. Thank you very much. Um, abortion, other things that have been incorporated. And I also think that uh, when Kevin was talking about the good behavior, um, you know, 
they shall uphold, they shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall at stated times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. I think about every other role in government and how we're rotated through. Again, this is just a um, to me, represents the need for holding space for change. Um, we vote on a president every four years. We vote on other levels of government um, multiple times a year. And I personally don't think that judges, at least at the federal level, should be should be awarded a lifetime opportunity to serve their role there. Um, maybe put on two years or six years or 10 years, maybe, I guess I think about, this is this is strictly opinion-based, think about like jobs. Some folks will cycle through jobs. It's like, okay, I've been working through a job for a long time. I may be getting bored or uninspired, or this is just getting a little mundane. And what does that long-term effect have on a judge? Are we stuck too much in the past of uh, and ignoring how things could shift for the greater good? Or, or is it just becoming too plug and play um, as society is changing, growing, government's changing, growing? Would it serve the serve our country best to have some fresh perspective? I'm not saying always bring in a younger person, but I just mean having a different perspective come into play. Thank you, Christine. Following that, I'd like to go ahead and start a roundtable discussion with Kevin. You mentioned that judges need to be sure of what their responsibilities and abilities are and also their attempt to remove bias. Christine, you mentioned how we elect judges on a long-term basis, but that we need change. Kevin, how do you think the lifetime election of judges affects the possibility of change in our government? I believe one of the opportunities we have is what Christine has mentioned, and as well as all of us, it's, it's hard to be a judge, especially when you're talking about a Supreme Court judge, and not to go in there, because if you look at it, they're a tenured group of individuals who sees everything. But to come back in there and say, what are some of the great judges around who believe in that traditional law that we have? Because that's the Constitution. But those are very aggressive and looking at some of those questions in today's time. So there should be some limitations to bring in a fresh approach and, and build upon those. Because honestly, I, I learn a lot from younger people and, instead of sitting there. But that's the, that's the whole key, key piece of the Supreme Court is wisdom. And they should be driving some by good examples. But if you listen to some of their cases that they rule on, they will rule on a word on the interpretation of that word. And, and instead of looking at the substance behind it, but they'll get back and start, you know, arguing back and forth. So to me, I think this is one of the opportunities that lie the foundation of what should our government look at when you're talking about rule of law and how do we interpret that with great people, great minds that can make some sense of this, because we all have our personal biases on what we want to get out of it. And that, that's one of the things that is so great about this country is that we should start getting back to that form of government of having the conservatives and the liberals to sit back to work together to find a solution. So with that, that's where it starts from the grassroots before it becomes the state and federal laws is because if we don't, we got chaos and we have to have some sort of means of government to try to interpret that chaos. So, you know, Jim's mentioned it, Edwin's mentioned it is to kind of come back on the rule of law. And as Edwin, I would love to share because you talked about, you know, uh, the point on, um, God darn, I forgot about Edwin helped me out, is that you were talking about the voter suppression and, and the, the laws that we had at and then went to the Supreme Court. You know, yeah, I, so if you look at that, if you look at that and you realize that, hey, 
things that we find that we think are wrong, we take them to court. It's argued by attorney. So I think a lot of times we we wind up we we wind up confusing a judge with the the court system. Well, the judge itself is not the uh, not the ruling party, right? So you've right. got other people that are making the, are the ruling party. But the reality is, if if we want to make amendments to things that are in place today, we we take it to court. And, and the reality is, you've got a lifetime well a lifetime appointmentship. I don't necessarily agree with that. However, we all have a lifetime to be able to present a bill to become a law all day long. It, do, it doesn't matter. We can we can all you know we can all work through our state legislation and and, and uh, support a bill that becomes a law. So that's you can do that for a lifetime. You you can you can champion any of those. But the reality is, I think a lot of times people get confused between uh, the role of a judge versus the role of an attorney in court who, who is representing what you think is either right or wrong. But, so I, I think, I think, I think we get, we've, we've got, we all have that same opportunity. If you think something's wrong, we can take it into the highest court. If it, we can't agree at the state and, and, and local level, take it to the highest court and you, you can argue it there. But, but that's was, part of, go ahead. But do you agree with that when you said taking it? Because today's representation of what our country looks like today is that a fair representation when we sometimes talk about our senators and Congress? Does that look like what this country is coming to? And that's a scary point because we're saying, we're going to use that old cliche they've been using for the last four years is make America great. And so when we look at that, does that represent what this country is all about? And that's really some it- major questions just because could I, so for example, if I was a black female uh, um, choice of how I look at how I view my life, do I get representation in my local area that represents me that I can push that issue? Would it ever get off well, the table? And so that's what I'm trying sure. to look at is do we have people in place who's going to represent who I am as a person or as a human being and how I interpret that? But if I was the right now a rich wh- white male in today's society, do I have a little bit, you know, maybe from that standpoint, it might not sound right, but he has more opportunities because of who he represents and who represents him. Well, here, here's what you got. Every person has a right to re- represent themselves. And everybody says they don't. And they're, they're, they're not taking the laws that are afforded to them and, and using them on their behalf. And so if somebody's saying they aren't doing that or they can't do that, it's because they haven't done that. And we all, we, we all have the inalienable right to go in front of a court and, and say what we think is right or what we think is wrong. And you know what? At the end of the day, there might be somebody that's biased and, ju- and, and judges it incorrectly, but we have the right to defend ourselves. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. Everybody's so quickly to say something's wrong without challenging it because it's a matter of opinion versus a matter of fact or a matter of, of, of putting it forward in a system that allows you to do that. We, we, it's a free country. We we are one of the more advanced countries when it comes to our social and, and, and justice freedoms that we can actually challenge anything that we think is right or wrong. Jim, can you help me here? Oh, there's so much to unpack here. So um, we're kind of in the weeds here. I want to touch on a couple of points Good Christine point. made because I think they're uh, much more important. And that is that our laws evolve and that we should not be held to the Constitution as written. Those two sentiments, 
I believe, are two of the big drivers of the partisan politics of destruction that appointments for judges have become. When you have no constraints on what judges can do, now judges have to be partisan. Now everyone's trying to get their policy initiatives forced on everyone else by judicial diktat. There is a way to make the Constitution evolve. It's called the amendment. Um, if you don't like that, think about if my side had control and just forced all our policy preferences down your throats and think how much you would enjoy that. Again, I don't think either side should have that power. And I don't think judges, uh, by definition, do have that power in our country. Again, I think it's critical we get back to um, judges sticking to constitution as written, laws as written, and that we, the people, then if we decide we don't like that, we convince enough of our fellow citizens to vote in people to change those laws or to institute a constitutional amendment. This notion that judges should step in and dictate things has got to go because it's it's at one of one of the key things that's at the core of the partisan rancor we have today. He nailed it. We the people. We the people right. means all the people, no matter identity, race, class, everyone's included. And everybody's respected and everybody's unified. And the phrase we the people means representing all, serving for all citizens. Yeah. And, 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 and we're not going to be happy about some of that. Right. And, and, and that's that's no, the beauty of our system is I'm pretty extreme on the conservative side. I know there's going to be a crap load of stuff I don't like because I know I'm not in the mainstream. Um, we all have to understand that just because there are things we don't like, just because there are things that don't deliver perfection doesn't mean that gives us some license to then start forcing our preferences down people's throats. So, Jim, how do we, and again, that's I, not, I agree that's with not you, a, Jim, too. On yeah, that. and I that's not a partisan you. thing either. No. I don't think either side should get that kind of power. So, Jim, I don't think so either. And I think that we, sorry. Go no, go ahead. no, I was just going to ask Jim, how do we get there? You know, especially on that side, because I agree with you. You know, and how do we get that movement going? I think that's one of the things that Christina and I, we're all saying the same in a sense of how we're doing it. But Jim, how, from what your lens is, being that, that conservative person, how do we get to there? I'm just kind of curious. Well, this discussion's one great way. I don't think a lot of people put a lot of thought into those uh, divisions between what the branches of government are supposed to do and why they've been instituted. And so educating people, um, helping people understand that, you know, it's not hatred. It's not, um, you know, you being abused if there are some policy things in place that you don't like. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the kind of zeitgeist we have going today is that anyone who's in any way disgruntled all of a sudden thinks, well, everyone else is evil and we should force my views on, on people. I think that I think there's some truth to what you're sharing, Jim. I also feel that you may be coming from a conservative lens and I'm coming from a more liberal lens. And what I Oh, we know that. Per, I know. So <laughs> like me personally, I we're gonna disagree on some things and and that feels okay. Um 
but where it gets where where it gets intolerable to me is when we're taking away basic human rights and no that is not the the role of the judges to create those laws and that's if I was swaying that way that is not what my intention was to say um it is their job to interpret the law um as it reads I I do believe that judges can get caught up in like Kevin was saying the individual word um and kind of that that go-to phrase of like, you know, just looking at the tree, but not seeing it for the forest. Um, and I don't think that necessarily means like it's because they're drive, trying to drive an agenda. Um, I just think about, it. we're one big country and yes, the constitution is there. I think it's meant to evolve and I think it has evolved and it will continue to evolve. Um, but I, I think that, uh, whether someone's more on the conservative side or the liberal side, getting too focused on one word can really miss like what is the greater good for the people. So that, that's what I'm trying to say is that um, things should be evolved because they are evolving. So technology is evolving, science is evolving, uh, studies are evolving, healthcare, school systems, all the things. So there's a lot to take into consideration. Um, I feel that if we are constantly referencing a conservative traditional uh, laws that the constitution outlined, then we're going to fall short of serving this nation as a whole. And I don't mean that I want everything, my, maybe I want everything my way, <laughs> but maybe not. I, I really want to, <laughs> I want to, you know, like you said, we're here having this discussion because I'm trying to uh, understand things a little bit differently, getting to see a different perspective that I, I'm not surrounded with in my immediate uh, circles, I'm not surrounded with in, well, I was saying my family, my family is pretty conservative, um, but trying to understand it differently because I don't think that it's my way or the highway. I feel very passionately about a lot of things. And I know you do too. Um, I know Edwin does, I know Kevin does, but I feel like I'm just gonna keep rambling. No, so if you, if you look if you look if you look at what you if you look at what you said, I I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot that we agree with, and I think one of the things you did say you talked about uh, you know laws being uh, uh, laws of exclusion, but if you look at the last hundred years, there have been more laws changed to be inclusive versus ex exclusion, right? So I think it has evolved. I think when you know, when you look at uh, rights of uh, people of color, rights of women, rights of uh, um, uh, uh, gender and, and religion. All, a lot of these things have changed in the last hundred years. Uh, it has evolved. But I think a lot of times people have, I, I think right now with a lot of the polarization that's happening in this, in this country, that more people are talking about it as they should be, but less people are doing anything about it. I mean, there's not... There's not a lot of things brought to the forefront at a level in which they can change it. I think it's 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 still down in the in the uh, in, in the weeds and not out on the street. So I think we, I mean, I I, I applaud our I applaud our country for being uh, an evolving one, and we have. But I get it, and some some people are disappointed in the the uh, the pace in which it evolves. But it is what it is. We we we're getting there. And I think we we've, we've come a long way in the last hundred years, and I think you look now and ten years from now, and they'll be completely different. But I think 
some of the very basics behind our work constitutional rights are still upheld by the judges in which we spoke of. And that's one of the basic foundations of this country that we live in. And, they, and they're, 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 they're to be altered because our lives have all been altered. We've, we've had to make some changes and, and for good. But I agree with what you're saying, Christine. I agree with what you're saying to a point, uh, Kevin and uh, Jim. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And you know what? I think we are in a situation where we will continue to evolve and we will continue to add resources and, and, and continue to add uh, uh, amendments to our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, all the things that we that we have in place today. As we evolve, there will be amendments to all that just because things continue to evolve and change. So, with Jim and Edwin, I'm going to ask this, you know, a question as we're looking at traditional, because we kept using tr- traditional and liberal perspectives. Do you feel when, when things evolve, is it really traditional or is it changing the traditional wording and what we, we meant? Because everything we talk about is how we look at a particular word when we're saying traditional and but still evolving. If that's the case, it sure. sort of be uh, sort of a, it would not really say the same. Isn't that uh, a moxymoron? I'm traditional, but it's evolving. No, no, no. So, Kevin, let's think about this. Your Thanksgiving dinner is traditional, but I guarantee you every year it evolves. You add one more thing to your meal or you re- remove something. So it's, it's as simple as that. Every Everything we do as we evolve, we either add something to make it better, deduct something to make it better. But, yeah, I, I would say, yes, yeah, evolving. Using that example is that now as I'm starting to learn more about my education or my history, there's sometimes I'm sitting around having a Thanksgiving and it's evolved in the sense of not what it was originally talking about where I'm breaking bread with the Indians. I'm thinking for my status, just being thankful for my life and how things experience. So I, I don't want to say it's traditional, but I think it's evolved. Maybe the turkey dinner or whatever, but I think the premise behind Thanksgiving has changed. So that's just my view as we're looking at it, but I'm evolving as a person, but there's a foundation. I, I just maybe I'm all wet here, but I, I just wanted to make sure as we're evolving, does the traditional's uh, point of view from 1700 still the same as 2021? You know, that's a great or, question. You know, I think there is a nod toward tradition in understanding the purpose that those traditions we're upholding and being conscious about when you uproot something, what the unintended consequences might be. And that's where I get so hesitant around people talking about evolving when it comes to the laws and the constitution is if we're not tied to the original text in any way, then it's just people instituting their own opinions. Right. And so laws evolve again you know we talked about how how we change those things and then um, judges yeah your point kevin if you're looking at every single word and parsing it that's probably extreme but sticking with that original text or the text of the new laws is written i think is critical right so that that kind of gives us that we're we're tweaking even traditional and liberals because we are following the laws but when we're having great conversations every saying discussion and educations to add amendments so that means that we're all traditionally liberals are evolving based on how we see the times as today. And so, and then there's been a lot of discussions about that tradition of the constitution. 
you know, when you're looking at some of those premises, but I still think that there's one of the greatest documents written, but it allows us that flexibility. So Jim, you hit it right on. And so how do we grow, you know, and recognize that? And so to me, that's a challenge. All right, Margo, back to you. Given everything that's been said, I'd like to go back to Christine to hear her closing remarks on what her takeaway has been today and if anything has changed for her. Thanks, Margo. And thanks, everyone, for a great discussion. Um, don't think I've wavered too much um, in the sense that judges are there to interpret the law. Uh, laws do need to evolve as our country continues to evolve, in my opinion. Um, but it's not up to the judges to change those laws. Um, and and I still think that as, at the federal level that um, judges should not be held to these, these lifelong terms. There should be some limits put on that as well. My final thought is uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain and unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That was uh, Thomas Jefferson, 1776. What that tells me is what has happened, we have evolved because at the end of the day, when that was written, I believe they meant all men were all white men, not necessarily white women, not necessarily people of color, but we have evolved where that actually affects all of us. So I want to leave with everybody understanding that that piece now includes everyone. And I, I think, uh, so when, you, when we talk about things that are tradition, I think that's a, a, a traditional uh, piece of our Declaration of Independence that, that should stand today. And I think it should be an example of how we've evolved to where we are today and how things have gotten so much better. That's all I have. Margo? That one, thank you. That was very touching, and I, I would have to agree. I, and like you said, my whole thing about this is, and I, I really appreciate the gems uh, at one and uh, Christina's point of view. I am still looking at is that our foundation and the fundamental roles is there for the rights and liberties of individuals to understand. But I think where we're, where we're sitting back in today's time, we're not educating ourselves, and we're not getting into the bottom line of really understanding how the system talks about it. because we talk about it, but do we express it and understand what our constitution is all about and the amendments and we're involving because we, we get so personalized that this is how it means to me. I think once again, is where Edwin talked about is the rights for everyone. I don't care what you look at. This is what makes this country great that we can have this dialogue, but I think we've got sort of lazy at the end of the day about what we truly hold dear to us about the rights, the flag, everything we talk about the constitution, we have lost that value. So I'm hoping that we can go through this whole process that we have, start educating ourselves, start challenging each other, and still have respect for discussion and conversation, because that's the only way we're going to improve, because the rest of the world around us wants us to fail. So I'm, I'm hoping that this conversation that we have, and we get to that point where we all agree to the same things, and how can we make things better? So thanks, Margo. Well, thanks, all. Um, you know, I come back to my original point. I think to kind of take down some of the the partisan rancor and the, the the battles over judgeships it's all about what we've discussed here today and i'm actually heartened to hear that we're we've got a lot of points of agreement no we don't agree on everything but 
um, you know, having judges have that particular role and uh, remove as much bias as they can, uh, rule on the laws uh, as they're written. I think, yeah, it's all about that education and having people understand what that role is and, and uh, you know, take the political battles where they belong to the, the other branches. Thank you all for joining us today on whatever platform you've decided to join us on. If you didn't listen to our last episode on Black Lives Matter, I implore you to do so. Don't forget to subscribe to receive notifications when we upload so you don't miss next week's episode where we talk about abortion.